We're opening up today uh, to Facebook, to YouTube world, and uh, because we want you to know a story of redemption, a story of hope. Uh, if you're a student, you're going to get something out of this. If you're single, I hope you'll get something out of this because it's not just marriage. It's communication in life, and it's the way we go about things. So on that note, uh, Laurie, let's see. Okay, there so first go. of all, I would like to say that um, I hate speaking in front of large groups of people. Hate it. So when Pat approached Micah and I about doing this, um, Micah came home and told me, and I was like, I think I'm just going to have to go throw up just thinking about it. Um, and even like during the night, I woke up in the night, and it's like I kept waking up thinking, um, oh my goodness, I do not want to do this. But it's kind of funny how God just puts you in situations that just stretch you and they bring you out of your comfort zone. And so um, today is one of those times for me that God's bringing me out of my comfort zone to come and talk to you. So, uh, so I'm, I'm supposed to start out talking about how we met. Okay. So uh, we actually met at East Texas Baptist University and um, I saw Micah walking across the campus or whatever and he had his little backpack on and um I was like that guy is so cute and I was a senior yes, that okay is me. and all of my <laughs> friends were like Vari he is a freshman like he is so young you were like robbing the cradle and so um I was like well he's really cute and he uh signed up for the preaching program at UTVU and I was in charge of that like I worked in the religion department and I would send out students to preach at all these little tiny churches like out in the country and things like that. And so um, I never really talked to him that much, but all of a sudden he heard that uh, me and my dad and some other people were going to Africa. And so he was like, I really wanna go on that trip with you. And so I was like, hmm, he's cute. He loves God. Um, what's this gonna be like, you know? So uh, we get on the trip, and honestly, like, we really just fell in love in Kenya. Uh, me watching him preach up there to uh, hundreds of the African people just really melted my heart. And I was, like, watching him preach on stage, and I said, God, I think that's the man for me. And it's just amazing how he uh, brought us together that way because I grew up in Groves, went to P&G, um, and, uh, you know, he lived in Nederland just right down the road. Dad was a dentist there. Yeah, and it took us going all the way to Africa to get together. And so God is really big like that. And so I held on to that all through some very, very difficult times of our marriage. So I think I covered the whole, uh, oh, and we were married in 2003. So we were in college, came back for, we had about a year of an engagement, too long. When you know you're going to get married, just get married, right? Um, and so uh, that's where I'm going to let him pick up. We were married for about three years. Uh, we, in the first year of marriage, we moved three times, uh, which is not ideal. Uh, we moved to seminary and uh, we moved, once we got to seminary, we moved again uh, to, to a different house. And so there was a lot of transition in our lives. Mom was, a, my mom was a big influence on my life. My mom uh, battled uh, cancer um, for close to 15 years. She had pancreatic cancer. 
and which is unheard of. You, you get pancreatic cancer and you die. That's what we know of it. That's what we've seen of it. Mom had uh, gotten bit by a spider, saved her life. She got a scan and uh, they found out she had some cancer. I saw my mom be diagnosed with a disease that they told her, get your affairs in order. And mom got her affairs in order with God of saying, God, use me in a way that will change people until you're ready for me. And so for 15 years, I saw my mom work. I saw my mom struggle. I saw my mom share the gospel with so many of her friends by her attitude. My mom was my best friend. The hard part of the story is, is because it, three years into our marriage, my mom, uh, it, was, it was July the 1st, and I got two phone calls. The first one was uh, July the 1st of 2006. July the 1st, we were standing uh, at a Rangers game watching them beat the Astros. Uh, it was a great night. I remember it vividly. Uh, sorry, guys. And I got a call around the fourth or fifth inning from my dad. About a week before that, I, I was spending a week with Mama, and I knew we were coming to the end. And Dad called me and said, hey, I know you're at the game. Why don't you come home in the morning? This was Saturday. We load the car up that night. We wake up early the next morning, and we drive home. We're told it can be hours to days. We get home. And then within 30 hours, mom passes away. It was a long time. It was a long night. Uh, and it forever changed my life. You see, at that moment, I became very bitter and very hurt and very discouraged. I became very depressed, uh, very angry. Uh, there's a lot of other adjectives we can probably throw in there. God and I had some very candid talks at that moment. The person who I did not have a candid talk with is this lady right here. For one year, she stood by my side as I went deeper and deeper, and life was really crumbling around me. It was essentially being in a house that you knew the walls were going to cave in, and you sat there anyway. That was phone call one. Phone call two. Both of these phone calls are ones you never want to get. I was in Nederland. I had just preached a wedding uh, on Saturday night. The, uh, Sunday morning, I went to church, uh, had lunch with my dad, and uh, I was on the corner of Avenue H and Highway 69. I call her. She was in Fort Worth. I call her, and I said, hey, I'll be home in about five or six hours. I'm just leaving. We just ate. And Laurie said, good. I won't be there. All right, where are you going to be? You going to your friends? No. I'm leaving you. I want a divorce. So there began a journey of a phone call you never think you would get. Now, Laurie, I, we talk about this very openly because we want you to know where we were. We had a major communication breakdown because I wasn't allowing God or anyone into my life to speak through me or speak to me. I allowed the pain and the hurt to overcome who I was. You see, I thought therapy, I thought uh, counseling, I thought all that was kind of like voodoo, a joke, you don't do it. It, it was taboo. You know, you watch What About Bob and you think that's the people that are going to do therapy. And that was my mentality. 
we met a lady named Natalie. And Natalie works at Impact Counseling Center in Arlington, Texas. If any of my friends are up there, she's an amazing lady. Uh, she saved our marriage. And she saved our marriage because she got me to understand that God is still good in the midst of pain. God is still good, and, and he can teach me a newness with my wife. You see, God restored our marriage. There wasn't an infidelity. There wasn't uh, 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 abuse beyond not communicating. And so when Pat asked us today to speak, it, it, it was really, I, I, I kind of told him, I said, I would like to open up to you to tell you where I've been and what, what our life was. Because I want you to understand that communication is, is the fundamental lifeblood of our relationships, of our marriages, of our workplaces. Students, if you're not communicating with your teacher, you're struggling, guess what? They're not going to know. My wife didn't know I was struggling in the way I was struggling because I didn't communicate it with her. Now, this message is completely different than a normal sermon where I, I love preaching. I love going through the Bible and breaking it down. But this is more of our story. So what we had to do is we had to go back to the basics. Back to the basics is pretty important a lot of times. In our Christian life, we have to learn sometimes how to repray, how to reread our Bible, how to refocus our lives. There's a quote. Uh, I, I, I appreciate this. This is Vince Lombardi, uh, famous football coach for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, and his team was losing, and he goes in in halftime. He holds the football up, and he says, Guys, this is a football. And I had to think about what these people were probably like. These professional football players who had spent their entire lives, their entire being was based on that football. <laughs> Boys, this is a football. Welcome to the game. And that's what God did to me. Micah, this is communication. Let's learn how to do it. You see, our styles are completely different, and we'll talk about this. I love my in-laws, but my in-laws can, they can sit down. They're watching right now. Hi. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to be in trouble. They can sit down and have tea for four hours and talk about a problem. My family, we can punch each other in the face and be best friends two minutes later. So we had to merge these two styles of how do you communicate with this? You see, men, we like, re we, we like report talk. We like details. We like facts. We like straight to the point, give it to me, bullet points, and that's all I need. <laughs> Women. Women like rapport talk. Hey, Laurie, um, if you look what I put back there. Oh, he put way too much. Yeah. Uh, can y'all see that? No, you, no, can, you I can't. I can only see that. That's okay. your notes. Yeah, it uh, says way too much. It's true. Like when our husband gets home, we're like, um, oh my goodness, this day was so difficult. Uh, Brinley did this. Callie did this. I mean, and we just have to tell a complete story. It might take us like 15, 20 minutes to tell that story. Okay. But they've probably lost us. What? 10 minutes in or so, or even before that. And so women and men have such a difficult time because our styles are completely different. So we kind of have to learn how to bring our styles together. Okay. So he listens to me. I listen to him. And also, um, 
Another important thing is learning to speak uh, your spouse's love language. And also, I found that um, you can learn to speak the the language of the people that you work with, okay, because that's very important, or maybe your school friends, okay? So there's five different love languages, and do many of you know these already? Yeah? Okay. Uh, Words of affirmation, okay, and they're kind of self-explanatory, so we're not going to go into details. Uh, Acts of service, uh, receiving gifts, quality time, and physical touch, okay? A lot of men, they're like, hey, that's me, I'm physical touch. But if you read into it, um, a lot of men think they have physical touch, but they really don't. So um, if you want more information, you can get that book, read it, take the quiz online because it's very beneficial for you to know what your spouse's love language is. Um, For me... One of the things we do is, uh, I don't like Valentine's Day like most men because it's crazy. So we do the quiz. It's free. So you have a date night, men, every Valentine's Day and take the quiz. It changes. She's actually uh, merged a little bit more towards me and I've merged a little bit towards her. It's an interesting thing how our communication styles have blended now that we're communicating them. And I can see them. I know more what she wants. Yeah, I would say like for the whole first year of my marriage, I was trying, or maybe more than that, I was trying to love Micah in my love language, which is words of affirmation. Like if he tells me I look good, oh man, I'm way up here all day, you know. Um, Honey, you so hot. Or if he uh, <laughs> leaves me a note on my windshield or something like that. If you leave a coworker a note, if you know that's their love language's, uh, language, it's, it's good for them. But when you try to love somebody in your love language, they're not going to be the ones filled up, you know, and I could write him a zillion letters and he could care less about letters or words of affirmation because that's the very last one on his. But if I buy him a pack of Skittles or oh, yeah. some of those little cinnamon bears from Target, oh, yeah. he's all about that. All so, about that. so I've it. had to, I've had to learn to love him in his love language. And so, um, like I said, you can look at that as far as even your friends at school for, for teenagers. We want you to learn to express yourself well. Expressing yourself well is more than just being able to talk in in the right words. It's learning that timing. It's learning that that example. Uh, There are some biblical principles that when you look at Proverbs and when you look at Psalms, you see David so many times in there talking and writing about the timing of our words. And you start to understand what our tongue is and what our tongue means. Let's look at some of this. Uh, here's, a, here's an easy one. Uh, most of us men understand this completely. Think before we speak, right? Uh, but it's a hard one. Because so many times it's so easy. It's easy just to verbally say something and then you're like trying to pull it back. Just the other day with Brindley, uh, Brindley started uh, middle school uh, this week. And so uh, I stole a little thing going on Facebook around where it took a tube, tube of toothpaste. And so Callie and Brindley sat at the dinner table the other day and I gave them a tube of toothpaste, a little one. And, and I said, hey, squeeze this out. We're going to do something cool. Well, we're eating at the time, and so they're a little bit scared. I'm fixing to put toothpaste on their potatoes or something, but which doesn't taste good. Don't try it. Uh, but we, we put it on the plate, a separate plate, not the plate they're eating off of. And I told them, I said, okay, now put it back in. 
Now, Callie was all into this. Callie was like, I will get every drop of that toothpaste back in. So Callie now at this point is like got toothpaste on her hands. She's using a fork, a knife. She's trying anything she can to get that toothpaste back in the tube. My illustration, stolen straight from Facebook, thank you, Facebook world, was what we put out we can't take back. And I wanted Brindley, when she goes to middle school, to understand it's not elementary anymore. You're going to see things, hear things. Uh, you're going to be tempted to say something. But once you say it, you cannot take that back. And our marriage is so many times, <clears throat> I, I was able to go to school during that year. And I did my normal routine. I still went to class and I was still preparing for pastoring. But when I went home, I was a different person. When I went home, I, I was broken. I was hurt. And my guard was so many times let down. And she was the brunt of my depression. And so in James, we see, uh, uh, but did it come up? There we go. But the brother of the humble circumstances is to glory in his high position. Whenever I humble myself in my words, I'm glorifying God with who he is. And that's an important part that we want you to see. We want you to be able to express yourself well in the idea that uh, there's differences in reacting and responding. And it literally is just a second. And for us to take a breath, I'm amazed that in, in the counseling process, so many times we're, we're, we're going through right now and we're teaching our clients, hey, breathe. Breathe through the situation. Breathe. When we're in a fight, it's breathe. When we're in an argument, it's breathe. When we're in the good days, it's breathe. And so we can allow the goodness in. Cheers, honey. Okay, so number two is determine what you want to say and when you want to say it. Um, when you want to say it, I think that's really important because sometimes, like, we'll just drop a bomb on somebody, you know, uh, right before they're going to do something that's really important or something like that. And so I think it's important that we pray about what we need to communicate and think about, hey, when is going to be the best time for us to communicate this? You know, is it uh, over dinner? Um, you know, is it, you know, when the kids are there or when they're not there, that kind of thing. So determine what you say before you're going to say it. And then we're going to look at Proverbs 15, 23. And it says, a man has joy in an apt answer, and how delightful is a timely word. Um, you know, I think it's just important that we think about, you know, what we're going to say and that time when we're going to say it. Now, this one I have issues with because sometimes I do not like the silent moments. Uh, I do not like how uh, not everything you're feeling needs to be expressed in the moment. But it's so much fun. It's so easy. But there's some godly wisdom here that sometimes we need to stop. And we need to realize that timely moment is not now. Uh, look at Proverbs 10, 19. Proverbs 10, 19 says, uh, when there are many words, I don't think this is working, Miss Barbara. Uh, when there are many words, transgression is unavoidable. Unavoidable. It, it, it's a, whoop, there it goes. Uh, but he who restrains his lips is wise. Sometimes I wonder, God put these nuggets in there for us to see. 
And we've got to take them and we've got to use them in our lives because the restraining of our lips, the restraining of, of, of just being able to blurt that out sometimes, God will use that whenever we can keep it in. Uh, what is my aim? As a guy, sometimes I have to think about that. What is my aim when I speak? What is my goal? What am I striving for? Do I want to build her up or tear her down? Well, of course I want to build her up. But so many times my words will tear her down because I'm not focused on bringing my best to the situation. Not everything I feel needs to be expressed. Sometimes silence is best. Now this is the one I, I really like. I like this one uh, a lot. Um, you want to ask to make sure that you're being understood. Um, because, you know, sometimes, you know, I'll say, it's fine. You know, <laughs> what it's is not that? Fine. What does that sound we like? Know that. You know, it ain't fine. And, you know, he'll ask me, well, what's going on? I'm like, it's fine. You know, and that is really, I'm, I'm not fine. Like, some things have gone on that day, and it's been really difficult. And so um, we also we need to make sure that we, we say what we mean, but also, um, you know, we have to do our part in active listening and, and figuring that out with our spouse. We also have to be genuine with our active listening. Uh, it's not a game. It's not a show. It's not a ploy. It's, it's not anything of that. It's being real with each other. Now, uh, when we do our marriage counseling, we actually will do a little bit. And what I like is, uh, well, Laura, you want to do a little bit? You want to talk a little? Okay. okay. Let's do it. So, gentlemen, I'll be a professional here, and I will teach you how to actively listen to your wife. Y'all ready for this? All right. TV's on. There we go. We got our legs kicked up. Oh, you, you can go ahead, honey. Okay, so uh, tomorrow we have quite a bit of a day. Okay, we've got yeah, to get the kids to school. Yeah, we've got to uh, make sure that Brindley gets to twirling on time. We've got to make sure that uh, supper's okay, ready. Twirling. I need you yeah. to set the oven, okay? Make sure you set the oven because I, I will not be home in time to set okay. the oven because yeah. I have to see a client. Uh, so uh, make sure that you do that, all right? It's very We're important. Good. It's very important. So that's so much of our lives right there. It's so much of our lives. Is it, it, First of all, wait, do y'all think that he was actively listening to me? Raise your hand if you think he was actively listening. I think it was good. No. <laughs> he was, was on his you. phone. Was he was on his phone. He was, the TV was on. He was looking at his phone, looking at the TV, that kind of thing. So uh, to me, I didn't really feel like he was hearing what I was saying because he was... Uh, not making eye contact. Um, it's important. Like your body language is important when you're speaking to uh, other people, you know, and that's even like in the workplace when you have somebody come in and they want to talk to you or something. How many of y'all have a coworker that will just sit there on their phone the whole time you're talking and you're like, could you please just look at me? You know, it's important. I'm trying to tell you something important. So we want you to be active listeners. And one thing, uh, I, I want to show you something and, uh, don't say it, but, uh, we're going to read this out loud. I'm going to say love, and then y'all fill it in. You ready? Love. Okay, who said love? Uh, love is now here. 
Y'all see that now? So who said love is now here? Yeah, a few of y'all. Who said love is nowhere? Okay, okay. And for the uh, fun ones in the room, uh, let's see, love, I snow here. Uh, Wait, I got to know, did anybody think it was love, I snow here? That's anybody? Me. I am Come the on. one that thinks that. I'm, <laughs> I'm filling it in. I'm seeing snow. So we see things like, like this, and we wonder, okay, where does this play? But this is the, our, our conversations as men and women. She's saying love is now here, and I'm thinking love is nowhere, and we're, we're seeing the same thing, but we're hearing something completely different. So sometimes that active listening, it's a weird uh, response we do in counseling, but it's repeating. It's going back over. And, and guys, I know you sit here today. I know you're at home thinking, Micah, I know this. I know you know this. But putting it into practice is so hard sometimes. And so we want to encourage you to be active listeners, not just to your spouse, but to your coworkers, your friends. We want, we want you to share God's love by the way we listen. And that, that's, that's huge. Because when people know we're listening to them, they're going to start listening to us. And when they start listening to us, we can start to share who Jesus Christ is in our life and what, lives and what he's done. You see, what Jesus has done in my life is he's restored my marriage. He's given me a wife that I love now more than I did when I first married her. I'm so honored that God chooses to use me in his plan. And we get to do it together. You see, we were in Africa and we were at a, 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 a truck stop. And it's, we were in Kenya, and it's, uh, Kenya is almost dead center, smack dab. There's this, um, this huge uh, trafficking ring uh, in Kenya right where we were at. And it's because it's where the truckers stop, and so there were a lot of uh, lady workers, we'll call them. And I saw my wife that day. That, she wasn't my wife then. She was this hot girl that I kept watching. But she is up there playing the piano, singing her heart out for these ladies. And I looked at her and I said, that's the woman I want to marry, God. I loved her heart and I loved the way she served. And some days I have to remind myself, uh, communication is so worth it because I get to do it with her. I'm going to go, I'm sorry, if you're watching this online, I'm going to pass these up because I went back to them. Uh, the final thing we want to help you, uh, we want you to express yourself well, is speak in a way that encourages. Speak in a way that encourages. So many times in our lives, we are put down by so many things. What I've been doing with a lot of my clients lately is I'm, I've been asking them, would you just name one, two things each day that's positive? Because it's easy for us to look at the negative. It's easy for us to see the bad, but it's hard for us to see the good. So in our marriage, we try to do that. We try to say, this is the good. This is the positive. These are the things we did well today. We finished our papers and we made okay on them. <laughs> that was last week. Yeah, these, these papers. Oh, help us, Jesus. Uh, Ephesians 4.29 let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word that is good for edification according to the need of the moment, so that it will give grace to those who hear. 
I love that end. So that it will give grace to those who hear. If we start thinking as Christian men and women, everything we do reflects Christ, how does that start to change our lives? How does that start to change our marriages? How does that start to change the people we love? There is a passage, and, and I'll close with this, uh, 1 Peter 3.8. I started reading that this week, and 1 Peter 3, is uh, the beginning is directed to, to marriages, uh, to, to husbands and wives. And then in, in verse 8, it comes together, and he says, and it's, it's this moment that, that I love, and it says, to sum up. And he's, in, in seven verses, he's, had to, he's put so much out there that he had to say, wait, pause, time out. Let me just sum up what I said, because I don't want you to get it wrong. But to sum up, all of you be. Now, these things that he wants you to be, wow, harmonious. He wants us to be together. Uh, if Laurie and I were to sing, it would not be together. Uh, I sing uh, great as Kermit the Frog. Uh, she sings great as Laurie. And it does not blend well. What the scripture here is wanting us to do is blend together. Be sympathetic. Be understanding. Brotherly. I love this word because in the Greek it is philos. It is the, the word of Philadelphia, the word of brotherly love. It's the word of saying that you and me as Christians, we are brothers and sisters. It is the idea that my daughters are my sisters now because we are one in Christ. We are brothers and we should love and support each other as brothers. Kind-hearted and humble in spirit. And here it comes. Y'all ready? <laughs> not returning, not returning evil for evil. Not returning evil for evil. Man, we see that every day. We see that driving down the road. You cut me off. I'm going to cut you off. You did this. I'm going to do this. We, we want that to happen to people. But as Christian men and women... Our communication has to be different. We have to approach this situation in a new light. Not returning evil for evil or insult for insult, but giving a blessing instead. The rest of this passage talks about this blessing that we get, and it's the blessing from God. <coughs> it's because we are, we are suffering, like Christ's example is the believer of, 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 of our maturity, that we are to be like Christ. We are co-heirs with Jesus. And our blessing is him. We are called for the very purpose that you might inherit the blessing. And here's an old, this is from the uh, uh, 1 Peter 3.10 and 11. It's, it's a passage from the Old Testament, but it says, The one who desires life to love and to see good days must keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Y'all see it? The Bible so many times is telling us, tame your tongue, honor your tongue so you can honor me. In my life, that had to be a big change. Because to honor my wife, I had to understand what I spoke to her, 
how I talked to her reflected who my God is. He must turn away from evil and do good. He must seek peace and pursue it. In our relationship, I could care less about peace. And it had to be a God change within me because I was hurt and I was broken. (coughs) And finally, for the eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous and the ears attend to their prayer, but the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. And I want to be in God's grace. I want to be in God's eyes. I want to be in his abundance. I've enjoyed 2020. I know y'all think I'm joking. But let me just tell you what 2020 has done for me. I've had six months with my kids at home. Most of it was good. (laughs) We've had a lot of family time. If 2020 is teaching us anything... It's teaching us the importance of our family, the importance to slow down, the importance to focus in on our marriages, to focus in on our kids, to be active listeners, to put our phones down, to see and to hear. I enjoy listening to both my girls. Right now, Callie is wrapped up in bunnies and skateboards, and uh, I can't think of the other one. There was three, but I'm, I'm stuck right now. But uh, if Uh, always unicorns but she just wants you to sit there and listen pageants oh pageants that's what it is thank you it was bugging me this week Callie has talked to us about wanting to be in a pageant and I'm like oh no it is just over and over but you know what I love hearing her heart and 2020 has given that to me It's given me a calmness, a focus on how important this is. So maybe as we finish 2020, who knows what's going to happen? It's been interesting. I'm excited to see where our church goes. I'm excited to see how this church will continue to meet the needs of this community. I love when I go to Walmart, you can see the homeless right there, and you can see them all with blessing boxes that we've we've passed out, uh, parcels of hope. We can start to see this community being changed because of a church who, who, who loves God. And I know this isn't a typical message, but I want to encourage you. I'm going to encourage you as your marriage. I want to encourage you as your family. If Laurie and I can do anything for you, we're here. Uh, we're uh, we're doing our counseling. We're, we're studying it. Uh, we're enjoying it, and it's been a lot of fun. Uh, God changed our marriage, and He can change yours. What's your story? How will you allow God to use your story for His kingdom? Let's pray. Well, Father, we're thankful for today that we can come into Your house. God, we we are very uncertain of what 2020 holds. But I am so thankful that I serve a God who knows and has it in his hands. God, I'm thankful for my wife. I'm thankful that you can restore our marriage. I'm thankful that you can use our story, the pain through, through what we went through, to maybe help someone today. Father, as we go... I pray you'll start a newness in us that we'll learn to communicate with each other and with you 
in new ways this week. And until we gather again, may all that we do, all that we say, honor and glorify you. Jeremy, pray.